0: Good morning and welcome to Simply Politics. It's Monday, February 12th. On today's show, Poland's parliament has got talent as a TV star becomes a political powerhouse and Israel's assault on Gaza exposes the holes in liberal politicians' claims. Plus, we'll analyze the dangers Senate Democrats face in 2024 and the grim campaign with Trump's extremism and concerns over Biden's age. This coverage and more up next. I'm David, and you're listening to Simply Politics. We start off with a surprising turn of events in Poland's political landscape. The most popular politician in Poland today is not the prime minister, the leader of the opposition, or the president. It's the newly elected speaker of the parliament, Szymon Hoavnia a newcomer to Poland's legislature and a former co-host of the TV show Poland's Got Talent. Here to discuss this further is James, a correspondent for Simply Politics. Can you tell us more about Hwawnia
1: and his unexpected rise to popularity? Certainly, David. Szymon Hwawnia is a fresh face in Polish politics, but he's been a familiar figure in the country for over a decade due to his role on Poland's Got Talent. His transition to politics and subsequent rise to the position of Speaker of the Parliament, or Marszałek Semu, has been quite a shock for many. The role of the Speaker in Poland is quite significant, with more authority than its British counterpart. The Speaker can effectively kill any project by keeping it off the order of business and has strong powers against filibustering.
0: It's interesting that someone with no previous political experience has been elected to such a powerful position.
1: What led Hawania to make the switch from entertainment to politics? Hwoownia has stated that he was frustrated by the lack of forward thinking in Polish politics, which often focuses on past events. He launched a party called Poland 2050 and in 2023 formed a centre-right political alliance called Third Way. This alliance joined forces with Donald Tusk's pro-Europe centrist civic coalition ahead of last October's election.
0: How has Hwaunia's performance
1: been received so far? Hwaunia's performance has been quite impressive. He's shown a deep understanding of parliamentary rules and regulations and has managed to hold his own against seasoned politicians. His calm and polite demeanor, coupled with a sense of humor and a streak of sarcasm, has made him a political celebrity. He's also promised to modernize the Saem and increase its transparency.
0: And what does this mean for the future of Polish politics?
1: Well, Poland's next presidential election is just over a year away, and while there are no official declarations yet, it's expected that Hwonyi will run. Current polls suggest he would make it into the final runoff. However, it's worth noting that in Polish elections, doing well too early can be a disadvantage. But one thing is certain, Simon Hoonia is a name we'll be hearing a lot more of in the future.
0: Thanks for those insights, James. Now, shifting gears to another political issue, we're seeing some contradictions among liberal politicians who refuse to call for a ceasefire in Gaza or halt support for Israel's assault. Our correspondent Celeste is here to shed some light on this. Can you explain what's going on, Celeste?
2: Certainly, David. We're seeing a number of instances where politicians express unequivocal support for Israel's actions while also expressing concern for civilians in Gaza. For example, Lisa Nandy, the shadow international development secretary, appeared to support the suspension of funds to UNRWA, the UN Agency for Palestinian Refugees, while also seeking reassurances that aid could still be provided. Similarly, David Cameron expressed concern that Israel may have broken international law, but maintain that this did not change the U.K.'s stance on exporting weapons to Israel.
0: So what's causing this dissonance?
2: This dissonance is a product of attempting to reconcile an irreconcilable position. The facts of the situation in Gaza are too stark for anyone to confront them while plausibly continuing to support Israel's actions. As a result... Politicians resort to contradictory and sometimes wild explanations to avoid calling out these actions or demanding that anything should be done about them.
0: What are the implications of this for the political landscape?
2: This inability to respond appropriately to Israeli aggression is exposing the flaws in an entire model of politics and the assumptions that underpin it. If liberalism cannot offer a moral and stabilizing form of governance, then its mission-defining claims of principle and competence collapse. This is causing a legitimacy crisis for the Anglo-American political class, who preside over already fragile systems that deliver less and less to their populations.
0: And how is this crisis manifesting itself?
2: The mainstream political consensus on Israel and Palestine is being challenged, not only by protesters, but from within the bastions of liberal media. Both CNN and The New York Times have reportedly been riven with internal discord after some employees deemed their coverage too credulous and sympathetic to Israel's actions. This is causing a ripple effect, with managed discontents about costs of living, diminished social mobility, and the ravages wreaked by right-wing governments, to which centrists provide no real answer.
0: Thanks for your insights, Celeste. Now, shifting gears to the upcoming Senate elections this fall, Democrats are facing a challenging time, as they will be defending more seats in precarious political terrain than in any other election during the 2020s. This includes the final three Senate seats Democrats hold in states that voted for Donald Trump in 2020, and five more in states that President Joe Biden won by three percentage points or less. Here to discuss this further is Bella, a correspondent for Simply Politics.
3: Can you tell us more about the implications of these upcoming elections? Indeed, David. The math underlines the stakes for Democrats in Biden, improving his position in the key swing states by November. One of the most powerful trends of modern Senate elections is that it has become exceedingly difficult for candidates in either party to win seats in states that usually vote the other way for president. If Senate Democrats running in difficult electoral terrain can't break this trend, Biden's fate in November could determine control of the Senate not only in 2025, but for years thereafter. What could be the potential scenarios if Biden
0: manages to recover and win most of the key swing states?
3: A strong recovery by Biden could position Democrats to remain competitive in the battle for Senate control through the remainder of this decade, even if they narrowly lose the majority in November. However, if Biden loses most of the swing states, Democrats could fall into a Senate deficit too large to realistically overcome for years.
0: What are the implications of this for the passage of legislation and the composition of the federal
3: courts? The prospect of a long-term Republican Senate majority has enormous implications not only for the passage of legislation, but also for the composition of the federal courts, especially the Supreme Court. Four of the Supreme Court justices will be older than 70 by 2028. Even if Biden holds the White House in 2024 and a vacancy arises, a durable Republican Senate majority might refuse to fill any of those seats. What has been the
0: trend in the Senate in the 21st century?
3: The default position for the Senate in the 21st century has been for small and fleeting majorities. In the 12 congressional sessions since 2001, one party or the other has reached 55 Senate seats only three times. By comparison, one party or the other won a majority of 55 or more Senate seats seven times in the 10 sessions from 1980 to 2000.
0: What is the principal reason the
3: chamber has become so closely divided? The principal reason the chamber has become so closely divided is the growing correlation between how states vote for president and how they vote for the Senate. That has limited the number of Senate seats each side can win, absent unusual circumstances. It's now almost complete alignment between presidential and Senate outcomes. What is the risk to Democrats this year? While Biden and Trump each won 25 states in 2020, Biden won far more of them by very narrow margins. As a result, Senate Democrats are much more dependent than Republicans on states that lean their way only slightly in the presidential contest. This contrast creates a huge disparity between the parties. Democrats now hold 14 inherently vulnerable Senate seats, while for Republicans, the total is at most six. What is the best case scenario for Democrats? The best case scenario for Democrats is that Biden recovers enough to win most or all of the five battleground states where the party is also defending Senate seats. Many on both sides agree that it will be difficult for Republicans to flip any of those Democratic-held seats if Biden wins the state.
0: Thanks for the insights, Bella. Now, as we look ahead to the 2024 presidential election, both President Joe Biden and former President Donald Trump are offering a stark glimpse at the political liabilities that have many Americans wishing for other options. Biden, at 81, is facing questions about his age and memory, while Trump's recent display of extremism raises fresh concerns about his fitness for the Oval Office. Here to discuss this further is our correspondent, Michael. Let's start with Biden. How is he handling the questions about his age and
4: memory? Biden is refuting these questions quite angrily, trying to quell voter anxiety about his ability to serve a full second term. However, as his campaign gathers pace, His struggles are complicating his efforts to convince Americans that Trump would be a threat to American democracy and the country's reputation abroad. And what about Trump? How is he exploiting Biden's rough patch? Interestingly, Trump isn't capitalizing on Biden's struggles as much as you might expect. Instead, he's been making some extreme statements that are raising fresh questions about his own fitness for the Oval Office. He's giving the impression that his second term would be even more aberrant than his first, vowing to use presidential power to exact retribution against his enemies. So both
0: potential candidates have their own set of challenges. How are these playing out in the public's
4: perception? Polls show limited enthusiasm for both men, each of whom is unpopular outside their core constituencies. Biden would be the more conventional choice, but his troubles are complicating his campaign. On the other hand, Trump's extreme rhetoric and actions are causing alarm, yet he's closely matched with Biden in polling and has a real chance to win. What are some of the key issues voters will have to consider when deciding between these two candidates? In the case of Biden, voters must decide whether to re-elect the oldest president ever, who is facing claims of a declining memory. The key question is not whether Biden is fit to serve as commander in chief now but rather, will he still be by the end of a second term when he would be 86? As for Trump, voters can choose an ex-president facing 91 criminal charges who has been found liable for fraud, sexual battery, and defamation in court. Trump also tried to stay in power after losing re-election in 2020 and has shown a tendency to side with Russian President Vladimir Putin over NATO allies. Given these options,
0: is there a possibility that third-party or independent candidates could have an outsize
4: impact on the election? There's certainly a possibility. The debate over Biden's age and Trump's fitness for office could open the door for third-party or independent candidates to have an outsize impact on the destiny of the White House. However, practical impediments make the idea of dumping a potential nominee an almost unthinkable scenario. Indeed, that's a lot. For American voters
0: to consider. Thanks for the insights, Michael. And with that, we wrap up our stories for today. Thanks for listening to Simply Politics. We'll see you back here tomorrow.